disallowed. It's madness. Madness, I tell you. Tiger finishes second, and we all climax simultaneously. Juju is following LeBron James around like a puppy, and it's creepy. Pitt, Duquesne, and Robert Morris did not make the NCAA tournament, but we do have games here in Pittsburgh. And it's going to be Charlotte versus Asuka at WrestleMania 34, and I guarantee that Ashley Flair will steal the show. Woo! My name is Mark Madden. I am what's causing all this. Mike Lang joins me at 4.30, the Hall of Famer. It's NFL guru John Clayton at 5.30, the professor. If you'd like to go one-on-one with the great one, dial 412-333-WXDX or follow me on Twitter at MarkMaddenX. The Steelers released Will Gay, and about time too. The Miami Dolphins released Lawrence Timmons. Could a reunion with the Steelers be in the works? Aditi Kikabala, who covers the Steelers for NFL.com, says that Timmons would have to first work through a few issues with Steelers coach Mike Tomlin. Uh, The Penguins split over the weekend. Lost at Toronto on Saturday, but bounced back to beat Dallas at home last night by a margin of 3-1. to one. Last night was notable for a number of reasons. A, you won the second leg of a back-to-back. Two games in two nights and with travel in between. B, the Penguins are 26-8-1 at home and have won 14 of their last 15 at PPG Paints Arena. C, and most important, the Penguins only allowed 18 shots against Dallas last night. That's a pretty good, high-octane hockey club, excellent attack, and the Stars only got 18 shots. Uh, Casey DeSmith had to make a few good saves last night. Uh, He's okay. He's a solid number three. But I like that win. I like... The defense, I liked playing score and situation. There was just a lot to appreciate about Pittsburgh 3, Dallas 1 at PPG Paints Arena last night. Now here's my take on the goals that got disallowed because it's quite a topic of discussion. First off last night, the Patrick Hornquist goal, the offside appeal. I would eliminate that appeal. And I say that remembering how it helped Pittsburgh win the Stanley Cup in 2016 when Tampa Bay got that goal disallowed for offside. The offsides appeal can go back in time too far. It's not immediate. You could play 20, 30, 40, even longer seconds that turn out to be meaningless. And then the goal gets scored. They roll back the video. They wind up having to roll back the clock. It's just very unwieldy. And that call last night, Gino straddling the line, and he had the wrong skate up and the wrong skate down at the wrong moment. You're taught to straddle the line entering the zone. To get that little edge bit, one skate up, one skate down, it's too ticky-tack. 
eliminate the offside appeal. Now, the disallowing of the Brian Dumoulin goal at Toronto Saturday is being talked about not just here in Pittsburgh, but I was watching uh, the NHL Network today, and it was quite a point of discussion on one of the national hockey talk shows in Canada that the network simulcasts. Dumoulin had the puck in control and scored and was pushed into the goalie, and yet the goal got disallowed. In fact, Dumoulin got a penalty for goaltender interference. Now, I know the NHL wants to protect the goaltenders like the NFL does quarterbacks, which is mystifying because goalies don't sell tickets. But how can a guy in clear possession of the puck commit a penalty, and how can a guy in possession of the puck not have the right of way? That call did not make sense. Had that goal counted, it would have made it 3-1. Instead, Toronto made it 4-0 by scoring on the subsequent power play. If Dumo's goal counts, I'm not saying the Penguins pull a comeback and win that game. I am saying Dumo's goal should have counted. And it's a shame because I'm not sure Brian Dumoulin is ever going to score a better goal than that. And now, well, it never happened. Amusing tweet by Jamie Benn of the Dallas Stars, uh, whose team played the Penguins last night. On Saturday night after Dumoulin scored, he tweeted, two minutes for scoring. Huh? Evgeny Malkin got two more points last night. He is now just one point uh, behind Nikita Kucherov of Tampa for the NHL scoring lead. And to me, Evgeny Malkin is the clear-cut NHL MVP. He's been the best player in hockey nonstop since January 1st. And he's an assassin right now. To wit, he got the empty netter again last night. And I know that looks easy, but it's not. Long distance, right down the middle, game over, just like the owner used to do. Geno should be NHL MVP. Sid and Phil are both playing great. But right now, Geno is the guy. Uh... Neil Walker signed with the New York Yankees. Wow. Uh, the Yankees have young guys at second base, so Walker could slot in there. At worst, he's going to be a super utility guy, and he's going to get his at-bats and have a legit chance to win a world championship. Uh, most important, he's going to get $5 bucks. so good for Neil Walker. Very well deserved. In just a few minutes, I'm going to talk about the unexpurgated glee which America is spewing in throbbing fashion, he said, intentionally metaphorically, over Tiger Woods finishing second. He finished second. Not first, but second. Am I getting through? Second. Not first, but second. Not gold, but silver. Not winner, but runner-up. Not first, but second. And later on in the program, I'll tell you why Tiger continuing to finish second, especially at the majors, 
would be what's best for business. We got Mike Lang at 4.30, the Professor John Clayton at 5.30. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, I wanted to ask why my cat talks in her sleep. Cats are weird. One time my cat didn't eat for three weeks. I didn't feed her. The X at 105.9. Tiger Woods finished second in a tournament this past weekend. And everybody is pulsating with happiness. Because he finished second. Not first, but second. Not gold, but silver, not winner, but runner-up, not first, but second. Yeah, I know, Tiger's club speed was a zillion miles per hour, and he was wearing red on Sunday, and he was sweating so much you could see his nipples, but he finished second. And yeah, Tiger did play well, and maybe this is a new beginning, or maybe it's a last gasp. Now, the TV ratings were up almost 200%. That is amazing. Or maybe it's an indictment of golf for failing to create new stars in the absence of Tiger Woods. I just don't see this as a sign that Tiger's going to win the Masters or even come remotely close to his prior position of dominating golf. I mean, the guy's 42 years old now. It might make for an exciting Masters, but that's about it. What could help golf the most isn't necessarily Tiger winning. I'll talk about that at the top of the hour. Selection Sunday was yesterday, and there was no buzz in Pittsburgh because no local teams are involved or were even on the bubble. I think it's cool that Duke is playing in the pod that competes at PPG Paints Arena this week. Uh, Villanova as well, uh, that's uh, teams that have won the NCAA recently, uh, Villanova in 16 and Duke in 15. Uh, I think Louisville should have made it, but the scandal kept them out. Michigan State should have been higher than a number three seed, but the NCAA doesn't want Sparty in the Final Four because people will talk about the scandals at Michigan State nonstop. Same thing with Arizona. Arizona should have been higher than a number four, but the Sean Miller scandal pushed down Arizona's seed. And the scandal turned out to not be a scandal. But like I said, there's no team from Pittsburgh in the NCAAs, so interest locally is going to be dialed down, except for the bracket pools and skipping work. There's just too many teams in the NCAA. I wrote... uh, a blog about an alternate way to do March Madness. You can check it out at SchultzFord.com. There's just too many teams in the NCAA that can't win. And that means too many bad games, which do fill a lot of TV time. But don't forget, the lowest seed to ever win the tournament is a number eight. And that was Villanova in 1985. So we can rightly conclude that only the top 32 teams have a chance to win the NCAA. So, take the best 32 teams, have eight divisions of four teams, and play a round robin, and the eight division winners go to the Elite Eight. If you want to involve, say, four more teams, 
have playing games to get the last spot in each division. If you want still more games, have the top two teams in each division go to a Sweet 16. And that would maintain the timeline and the format of the current tournament from the Sweet 16 through the Final Four. The method I suggest would produce a truer national champion, which, of course, the NCAA has absolutely zero interest in. I laugh when I hear people say, it's all about the money these days. Wake up. It's always been all about the money. The method has just become more refined. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. It's the Mark Madden Show here on 105.9 The X. Don't forget, our great Pittsburgh sports debate is Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. at uh, Todd Haley's home away from home, Tequila Cowboy, on the north side. you got to be 21. It's brought to you by Bud Light. Me, Prasuda, Adam Crowley, Tim Benz, and Stan Saverin will debate the sports issues of the day. Bob McLaughlin will host. Sean Collier will warm the crowd up with his comic stylings. Admission is free, but there is a $20 VIP ticket which for the life of me, I don't know why you'd want to buy that and meet me and Prasuda and Benz and Stan and Crowley, but you can. So go to 1059thex.com. That's the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate. Wednesday, 7.30 at Tequila Cowboy. So come on down and let's get it over. I mean, come on down and let's have fun. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is doing this campaign on social media to get LeBron James to play for the Steelers, which I believe has a realistic shot of actually happening. So I'll update you in just a few moments on Juju's campaign. We're also going to debate Lawrence Timmons. Just got cut by the Miami Dolphins as uh, was expected. I'd love to see Timmons come back. One-year deal, low price. And then you draft an inside linebacker in the first round, and you got Bince, Timmons, and the rookie. With Timmons and Bince able to play both spots. So it's a two-man job, but you have three men who can do it. And I think you need three men that can do it. And then Big Red is the fourth guy, Dirty Red, whatever Red. You'd be okay an inside linebacker. Not as good as you are with Shazier, but you'd be okay. And you'd be better, which the Steelers definitely need to be at that position. Should the NHL ditch replay? We talked about that in the opening segment. I think they should ditch the offside appeal. And boy, Dumoulin's goal should never have been waved off. I think if it goes in the net, it counts. It doesn't need to do much more for me other than go in the net and by any means necessary, don't protect the goalies. Nobody cares about the goalies. People don't pay to see the goalies. People pay to see the puck go in the net. Heck, I've said many times, I'd allow goals that were kicked in. Why not? That's a skill, too. 412-333-9939. It's the Mark Madden Show. Don't forget Mike Lang at 430 105.9. This is Carter Rowney of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on your home of the Pens. 105.9 The X.
Carter Rondy played an excellent game last night against Dallas. So did Tom Kuhnhockel. The uh, fourth liners came out flying and got more minutes as a result. Josh Juris, the kid they called up from Wilkes because of all the injuries, he only played, I guess it was five or six minutes yesterday. He did okay, though. I will say this for him on that fourth line. I've come to realize Carter Ronnie's more of a wing. He plays better at wing than he does center. And Joris is more of a center than Ronnie is a center. Now, in the long run, I think Ronnie's still going to get a jersey ahead of Joris and play center to get the better player in the lineup. Although, what I'm hoping is everybody's healthy and that neither one has to be in the lineup. And credit words, too, both Ronnie and Kuhnhockel played very well in the win over Dallas. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, As we talked about briefly before the break, Juju Smith-Schuster, the Steelers rookie wide receiver, is doing this campaign on social media to get LeBron James to play for the Steelers. There's a video of him and LeBron shaking hands, and Juju's jumping around, dancing, outside the Staples Center in L.A., and he's wearing a King James number 23 Steelers jersey, and he's uh, dancing at courtside at the Staples Center. I mean, we're the friggin' security. And Juju says LeBron is all about championships, and in Pittsburgh, quote, we all about championships. Yo, what this week, Kimasabi? Juju Smith-Schuster has zero championships. Now, LeBron seems to be playing along with this a little bit, but a very little bit. Mostly, LeBron looks irritated, and Juju looks like a little kid fanboy. But hey, he's a kid. He's just having fun. Let Juju have fun. In the meantime, there's no new news on Le'Veon Bell. You know what a lot of you don't seem to understand? Le'Veon Bell has zero leverage. The franchise tag guy never does. He gets a lot of money if it comes to that, but the franchise tag guy has zero leverage. The Rooney family has owned the Steelers since 1933, and that is all the people need to know. Le'Veon Bell does not and will never have any leverage at all on the Rooney family. I am thankful that Le'Veon Bell has chosen this course of action, though, because Lev Bell will be a topic of discussion until he reports right before training camp, just like he did last year. I'm overjoyed. God bless Le'Veon Bell. He is a blessing. Manna from heaven for the talk show industry. In short, Lev Bell is what's best for business. Uh, Getting back to the Penguins, and Penn's talk can always come first here. You just have to make it so. Dial 412-333-WXDX. Dallas tried to play rough and dirty with the Penguins last night. Russell was out there running around and taking shots. It didn't work. It won't work. It is funny, though, that when the Penguins had Reeves, 
Half the people were saying, ah, you don't need that guy. You don't need a tough guy. Can't play hockey. We're about speed. Won the last two cups without a guy like that. And then when the Penguins traded Reeves, the other half of the Penguin fans said, oh, no, we're not tough anymore. Teams are going to push the Penguins around now. Why'd they trade Reeves? What are we going to do without Reeves? Uh, Derek Broussard has a goal and assisted seven games, and I know people are expecting more. But Broussard's playing okay in that adjustment from that slow, tedious system in Ottawa, that 1-3-1 trap. The adjustment to playing high octane here in Pittsburgh is going to take time. Broussard has to react and not think, but don't worry about Derek Broussard. He's going to be fine. He'll be more than fine. Uh, people got enthusiastic about Connor Sherry jumping up on Sid's line and scoring two goals at Philadelphia. But in the two games since, Sherry has no points and just two shots total. Sid just needs better than Sherry on his line. Sid needs more consistent than Sherry on his line. Gino's been going nuts, so people haven't noticed that Sid has 10 points in nine games and six points in the last three games. But right now, Gino's the guy. Right now, Gino's the league MVP. Right now, Gino is the best player in hockey. Let's go to Jim Bob in the car. Jim Bob, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, Mark. Right. Uh, so I think we're both in agreement that we uh, it's probably not in the stewards' best interest, at least financially, to uh, sign Bell long term. I don't think it's uh, in their best interest football wise, uh, John. I think that they need to. Jim just, Bob. It says John here on the thing, but but who cares what your name is really? Uh, they just need to handle Bell year by year. I wouldn't give that guy a long term deal. A guy with two marijuana suspensions, a guy who's been a workhorse with a lot of carries and catches, arguably too many carries and catches, dating back to his collegiate days in Michigan State. While it's nope. a it's an expensive proposition, giving him the franchise tag, uh, playing it year by year with Bell is what's best for the Steelers. Right. What do you think about bringing in a Jarek McKinnon out of Minnesota? Uh, kid can catch. They say his blocking is above average. And you couple him with Connor, who would be the uh, the big. Back okay, what Ron's McKinnon going to go in? What's that? What Ron's McKinnon's going to go in? Or is he a free agent? No, he's a free agent. Okay, um, you know I'm, you bring him in for three or four million a year, and then cut Mitchell, and that gives yeah, you. Yeah, okay, but what you're the, doing there is, and forgive my ignorance, because honestly, I don't follow this stuff very closely because I don't like it that much. But uh, so what you want to do is instead of having Bell. Or replacing him with the platoon of running backs, you want to have Bell and the platoon of running backs at the same time. No, no, no! Don't sign Bell. You sign. McKinnon. Okay, but they they franchised him. He's going to play for the Steelers this year. Well, that sucks. Not if he gains two thousand yards or catches a thousand yards worth of passes too, and does all the things he says he can do and should be paid for. But uh, but no, right. B- Bell, Bell's going to play for the Steelers this year. It's just a matter of when. I'm... 
Seriously, if you call this show and expect me to know the name of every free agent and every possible draft pick, I don't care. I can't make it any more clear that I don't care about that stuff or the Steelers that much. So if that keeps you from listening to the show, well, you'll be back the minute the B team starts to talk about hockey. Let's go to uh, John in the car. John, you're on with Double M. Double M, how you doing? What up? I just want to say uh, three quick points about the Pens. Um, number one, Hagelin, the watching him on a penalty kill, and I think he's just amazing on a penalty kill. I, we, I think we take that for granted, and four checks unbelievable. So I've never taken that for granted. Carl Hagelin's speed and his four check and the way he sets the tempo for the entire team are a big part of the Penguins' personality and makeup. Agreed. Malkin's a beast because he's playing two-sided hockey better than he ever did, defensively and offensively. He's playing like an animal. Um, and Latang is just dumb pass after dumb pass and coasting back. No, you couldn't. You couldn't. You couldn't be more wrong about Latang. Latang's hockey for the past four to six weeks has been really sharp, and coasting back. I have never in my life or his career seen Chris Latang coast back after making a mistake. Never. It hasn't happened. Anything else? Uh, that's about it. Good. Two out of three. You said two things that made sense. One that was just stupid. Let's go to Brandon in the truck. Brandon, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How would you feel about the Penguins maybe trying Broussard on Crosby's wing? They didn't get him to do that. They got him to be... Kessel center so they can put Kessel, Malkin, and Sid on separate lines. Now, can you give me a number of times I have to say that on this program before it sinks in? Because I literally said it before they got Broussard. So if they put Broussard at left wing on Sid's line, they are defeating the original purpose by which they made the trade. Well, Shayan's pretty good in that third center role. Okay, I'm going to say it uh, again. Give me a number here, Okay. The minute they put Broussard on wing, they've defeated the only reason they got him. So do you still think they should put Broussard at wing? Yeah, I do. Okay, well then you're an idiot. Anything else? Uh, not today. Okay, well call up and say something stupid on a daily basis. That's the only way you get good at something. Hey, who knows? Maybe they will wind up putting Broussard at wing. But if they do... I'll say it again. They're defeating the purpose of the trade. Let's go to Steve in the truck. Steve, you're on with Double M. Hey, I was curious as your input as to why the NHL allows the power plays to be broken up intermittently between the periods. What else could they do? Well, you know, in the NFL, how they do a runoff similar to that at the end of the game, primarily if there's 37 seconds left, why don't they extend it, you know? They don't extend the game in the NFL. They don't add time onto the clock. No, I know, but in a similarity aspect. No, there's nothing similar there at all. There's not even a remote. No, no, no. There's not anything similar to what you're suggesting. Anything else? Well, I'm curious as to your input on why they don't do it, why they break it up in between periods. It takes time to set up in the zone, don't you think? Because that's the way it's always been done. And no matter what, no matter what, you're getting two minutes of man advantage. By your logic, let's say there's a penalty committed with 15 seconds left in regulation. You should add time on 
to the game to make sure the team gets the power play in its entirety and in continuous fashion. I think that's only fair, don't you? No, I think it's stupid. But I give you credit. You can treat it a hat trick of color idiocy. You, the guy before that, and the guy before that, dumb, dumber, dumbest. But to be fair, I think you might be dumber. I don't think you're dumbest. I think the Broussard guy to wing, I think he was dumbest. Dear God, do any of you people have a remote clue what you're talking about? Even a remote clue. Something I can work with, people, for the love of frig. Let's go to Martin and Cranberry. Martin, you're on with Double M. Hi, Mark. I just wanted to ask you if you knew of any defensive help down in the farm league for the Penguins. And no. If... <laughs> no. I'm not saying that to be a jerk. There just isn't any. Uh, the, the, two, the two guys who would have been most likely to jump up were uh, Corrado, who's been here. And he's out, I think, for the year. Benston uh, has done okay down there, but he's out for, if not the year, then a long period. There's that Andre Padan, that big Jamoke. He could come up. Him and Alexiak could be the twin towers on defense. But there is not much help, any help, at all in the minors for the Penguins on defense. So just hope nobody gets hurt, brah. And I also wanted to point out what a class organization the Penguins are. My two daughters, Madison and Linda, went to the Penguin game last night. Yeah, they, yeah, they good, 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 good for them. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. The Penguins are a class organizations. No one said that more than me. We're not going to be a show of just continuous tributes to that fact. Now, if you want to call up and say the Pirates are jerks, we've got plenty of time for you. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. We don't need to hear everybody's personal story about anything. Let's go to Grant in the car. Grant, you're on with Double M. How's it going, Mark? What up? So, uh, was at the game last night. Totally agree with you about how uh, Sherry's been playing. Um, in a perfect world, everyone's healthy going into playoffs. What is the third? Or what are the lines going to look like without? Here's what my lines would be in the playoffs if everyone's healthy up front, okay? It would be Rust, Crosby, and Gunsel, Malkin, Hagelin, and Hornquist, Aston Reese, Broussard, and Kessel. And I would uh, not be afraid to use Sherry in the Aston Reese spot or in any winger spot, really, if, if, if somebody comes up lame. Uh, and I mean literally or figuratively hurt or doesn't play well. But uh, that, that, that's, that's the lines I'd be looking to use. And I got a feeling they're looking at the same thing except... I think Sherry would get first crack over Aston Reese at third line left wing. I'm not quite sure how long the leash would be, though. All right, and then Rowney and Kunakel on fourth line, you think? Or would it just be a mix? I don't know. Uh, I can't. I mean, it would be obviously Shane. Yeah. And yeah. She, uh, let me tell you, if this Joris keeps playing well at center, Shane at left wing on the third line wouldn't shock me either if Reese didn't get healthy and Sherry didn't play well. Joris, like I said, did more as a center, as a player at that position these last two games than Rowney has. I still think Rowney's going to get in there as a right-handed face-off option unless that turns out to be Joris, although I really don't know how good he is or isn't on face-offs. Let's go to Matt in the car. Matt, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, I, was, I, I heard that one guy talking about Derek Broussard moving him to wing. 
I just don't understand how people can't give this guy a chance when he came from Ottawa, slower pace. Well, I think that idiot said that based on giving Crosby help at wing as opposed to Broussard not playing well at center. But, yeah, you're right. Broussard's just got to adjust from the slowest system in hockey to one of the fastest. And I agree with putting Council with him. And But here's the thing about Crosby and Malkin, though. You can mix and match into the playoffs because Crosby and Malkin – Make everyone else around them better. I don't think. Well, yeah, but you see that—that's something that has held both of them back, and, and obviously still could because you know Carl Haglund and Gino. That's not exactly a, a duo uh, made in heaven. You know, Haglund's skill level is so far below Gino's, but Gino's playing at such an otherworldly level that he could make just about anything work. But too often, Crosby and Malkin have been held back by the attitude: "Oh, they can elevate anybody." They're—they're they're thirty years old now. They don't need. To elevate people, they need people they can work with as equal partners, and that's probably what they should have had more of throughout their careers. Let's go to Cheyenne and Economy. Cheyenne, you're on with Mark. Um, I was wondering why you think that Connor Sherry should not be in Sydney's line. Well, let me ask you, Cheyenne, why do you think he should be on Sydney's line? Well, I think he's like a pretty good player, and he's still pretty new, so I think you should give him a chance. Pretty new. This is his third year with the team. He has two Stanley Cup ranks. Well, he still like needs some practice. You think he's cute, right, Cheyenne? I do. See, boy, it was tough to read that one. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Colin in the car. Colin, very quickly, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Good. All right, Mark. I just want to say, I think you're completely right. Most of these people on the radio, they're talking to you. They're freaking idiots, man. Okay, what do you have to contribute that would be in a positive vein? You're smart. Okay, good enough for me. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. In just a moment, I will tell you how I've been betrayed again by the convenience stores in this town. Mike Lang at 430. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, the intensity and the talent. Hey, what's up, Mark? Big fan. Adults don't want kids to be funny. I'm immature, so I don't count. The X at 105.9. Well, well, well. I got let down again by convenience stores twice over the weekend. No coffee again at one. It was almost midnight. You'd think they would have coffee for the drunks, but they didn't. I wasn't drunk, by the way. And at another convenience store, there was one clerk and eight people in line, and they sold beer and wine, and there was a separate register for beer and wine, so the one clerk had to run back and forth between the beer and wine register and her register, and it took forever So I put my cup of coffee down on top of the donut case and just left. One clerk with eight people in line kind of negates the term convenience, doesn't it? Under no circumstances should you have to wait 15 minutes in line at a convenience store. Dunkin' Donuts is a good plan B for coffee. A great plan B, in fact, saying that out loud, it should probably be plan A. Because it's great coffee, great service, and usually not as crowded. 
but there aren't that many Dunkin' Donuts. Convenience stores. Shape your ass up for when the super genius comes in because I'm about to declare war on Pittsburgh area convenience stores. No new word on the beef between Kevin Stallings, the now former Pitt basketball coach. Uh, the beef between him and Pitt Athletics. Pitt owes Stallings a buyout of $9.4 million, but Pitt wants to pay him about half of that. This case might go to court, and if it's a basketball court, neither side will win, and it'll be about two-thirds empty. Whammy! Let's go to Roger in Toronto. Roger, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, this was brought up the other night in my household. Uh, when Broussard scored his goal and old Dirty Phil assisted on it, uh, that why was, is he old Dirty Phil? Uh, we, well, we call him Phil Dirt. Just yeah, you know what? You should call him the guy who came to Pittsburgh and left behind your crap hole of a fake ass hockey mecca and won two Stanley Cups. That's oh, what you I, should call him. I love Phil. Phil's the man. Yeah, he is. He's all he, man. Well, anyways, when uh, when he assisted on Broussard's goal and they they got the puck out of the net. Who did that puck go to? I know it was Phil's 500th, 500th assist, I think. I, I don't think that it really was a big enough milestone for those two to fight over the puck. In, right. fact, in fact, nobody took a picture with the puck afterwards, so why, why do you care? No, I, I was curious. It was, you know, who would get, who would get the Man, puck. Man, are you in Toronto right now? Yeah. No, no, I, no, no, Toronto, Ohio. Not, oh, Toronto, not. Ohio. I thought it was Toronto, Ontario. No, you wouldn't catch me north of the border got to be better than Toronto, Ohio, or anywhere, Ohio. Let's go to Coach Z. Coach Z, you're on with a super genius. Hey, what's going on, guys? All right, quick question. Guys. I was wondering how the uh, Dallas Stars were able to call back the Hornquist goal when they didn't have a timeout. Uh, I don't believe you need to have a timeout to challenge an offside goal but you do need a timeout to challenge a goaltender interference goal, which leads me to ask why. Why do you need a timeout for one and not the other? That's the frustrating thing about all of this stuff. Not only the lack of consistency uh, with which these various rules and replays are applied, but also uh, the fact that there's not a uniform format for everything. And then... Dumoulin got a penalty, which made his goal being waved off not subject to video appeal. Now, if you lose the offside challenge, I think you get penalized two minutes. It just, there should be a uniform way of doing it, or like I said at the beginning of the show, let's just get rid of the offside challenge. Let's let more goals count on goaltender interference debates. Because people show up to see goals. Nobody shows up to a hockey game saying, boy, I hope I see a goal waved off tonight. That's why protecting the goalies, I don't care about either. Muzz, if you're listening to Smith, Jari, no offense, but, but people don't pay to see the puck not go in the net. That's why I've always said, Mario sold tickets, Gretzky sold tickets, Sid sells tickets, Bobby Hull sold tickets. Rocket Richard sold tickets. Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur did not sell tickets because, again, no one goes to a game hoping the puck doesn't go in. In 30 seconds, 
I'm going to tell you the best thing that could happen regarding Tiger Woods' comeback in terms of benefiting the game of golf. I want you to listen carefully because you'll probably disagree if you're a Tiger fan, but, but I'm right, and you're stupid. 105.9 The X.